Hello, Herd, and welcome back to your regular Nerd Herder uh, podcasting. I'm your Herd Leader, John Wayne. And I'm your Herd Mom, Megan. Who are you people? Yeah, it's been a while. Um, but it's not your fault. It's... It's my fault. It, no, it's not It's not anybody's fault. It Well, it's somebody's fault because the holidays, it, you know, we have them it's because the of a person. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's Thanksgiving week, and, um, originally we thought we would have more time ahead of the holiday, uh, holidays. Holidays. Excuse my, uh, spontaneous accent. Um. Happens. He's from Savannah. We intended to record ahead of time in order to not worry about, uh, the podcast while we had family in town and whatnot, but, uh, work is ten times crazier uh, in this season. And so that time that we intended to have, uh, we didn't. Um, Because often when you intend to have time is when you don't have it. Uh, The universe doesn't care what you intend with your time. Yes, and on the night we were planning on recording, someone just had to go to the hospital. Uh, Well, no. No, that was the night? No, that was the the morning. That was the morning. We were going to record Tuesday, but... Um, the day before family got here and everything, but just too much happened, and that's when we decided, all right, it's clearly not going to happen. No, okay, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. I, it wasn't Tuesday; it was Wednesday. We were gonna we were gonna record Tuesday. Then we said we would do it Wednesday, the day of, but that wasn't going to happen. So that's when we made the call. All right, we're not going to be able to do it. Let's just postpone. Yeah. Um, it it your your hospital visit didn't affect anything with the podcast <laughs> because at that point we were postponed. Right. Um, you just didn't tell me. Uh, but yes, so uh, as mentioned, Thanksgiving Day, uh, heard mom had a trip to the doctor. Um, nothing serious, just had a rough night, and uh, seems that she got the wrong glass of eggnog. Yeah. Here's the thing, kids. If you have a food allergy. Don't risk it. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just stay away from her. She mixed her cups up, and I got hers, and she got mine, and yeah. uh, her body did not like that, so... Yeah, I have a, I have a very bad lactose allergy. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, uh, yes, and originally we planned, okay, this episode will come out on Friday as it's supposed to, and then Saturday we'll do the Wednesday show. But then, um, yesterday, family left later than we expected, and... Also, we were just having a good, relaxing day and, and didn't really want to upset that with having to worry about the podcast at the time, you know, as much as we love you guys and love producing this. Um, so we moved it to today, where we are now, which, again, it, we're recording it later um, this Saturday than we intended. But, mm-hmm. uh, again, it's it's a special week. It's not a normal week um, yeah. and certainly hasn't been filled with a lot of normality. So... Uh, kind of just got to go with the flow and accept that we are fully intending to be on schedule next week. Um, you know, the holiday passed, everything should be going well, and we'll be far more careful ahead of time of Christmas yeah. um, so that we don't have a repeat of this um, because then it'll be far more impossible to uh, rearrange and move around. So um, yeah. being preemptive the, is the only way to go. Yeah, and at the end of the day, just repeat to yourself, it just be like that sometimes. Yeah. You know, we, um, I, you know, especially me, I hate canceling or postponing or changing the schedule, um, especially as much as we've had to 
in our first six months of life as a podcast, but... We were only born when you started listening to us. <laughs> um, Nerd Herder was, oh. um, but uh, yeah, so a lot of the pressure is self-inflicted, um, you know, I don't, I don't enjoy postponing or changing things or, you know, saying something will happen when it doesn't, um, but it is also the benefit of us being independent, it's just us and a microphone and you guys listening so, you know, we don't have deadlines or anything like that. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, this isn't all we do in life. This isn't our full-time gig. So, uh... Oh, but if it was. Right. Um, as much as we love it and as much as if it were, uh, we would enjoy it, um, nonetheless, other things have to take priority. So, for those of you that, uh, were along for the ride of the crazy rescheduling, thanks for your understanding... If you're listening to this and you had no idea we rescheduled, then just keep pretending nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that's a rundown of our, our adventures, uh, hospital visits and, and time with family. Luckily, Megan got better uh, by uh, that evening, and, and yes. so all was well. <laughs> um, hopefully, none of you had hospital visits with your holidays. Hopefully, you had a good time. And hopefully, you're enjoying this very long-winded uh, intro, but you know, it's been a while. We had to kick back and relax with some blue milk and catch up with <laughs> you guys. Um, but you're here for Clone Wars, or you're there for Clone Wars. You're not here. You're, you're represented here by a fuzzy microphone. But, very fuzzy. But, and in fact, I, I don't believe any of you people are very fuzzy. Um, you know, uh, I think, you, I think you're beautiful, smooth people. <laughs> I don't uh, know. We've never met any of you in real life. Yeah, but hey, hang out for Star Wars Celebration. Um, yeah, so you're listening, you're, we are in your ears because you want to hear about Star Wars and, uh, for this particular show, The Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. So, um, for this episode we're talking about, uh, episode 15, 17, and 18 of season 1, Trespass, uh, Blue Shadow Virus, and Mystery of a Thousand Moons. Some really good episodes in this one, um, all really solid, I think we both have a favorite um, of the three in this uh, bundle, but nonetheless good episodes, um, definitely, and so uh, look forward to kind of running that down. If you can't tell, we kind of have a little bit uh, of a tweaked system with how we do our reviews um, now instead of being mostly me uh, running down the episode and then us talking, we kind of split duty on that, and we sort of both work on uh, input of the script together so that it's a little bit more evenly balanced. That way you're getting a, a, a balanced dose of uh, Nerd Herder. Um, let us know what you think of it. You know, we're just, we just decided one day to try something different. Um, yeah. It wasn't really prompted by anyone or anything, but if, if uh, you have any input, you know, you, you're giving of your time to listen to us, so certainly you have a right to let us know um, a way you enjoy that more. But do it nicely. Um, well, yeah, I, you know, you have a right <laughs> to share, and we have a right... In, we, what? I said I'm sensitive. <laughs> um, you have a right to share, and we have a right not to listen. But yeah. nonetheless, you know, uh, knowing most of you and how we've interacted, we trust that your recommendations would be given uh, with, with grace and kindness. And so yeah. we'd love to hear back from you and, and hear what you think. If there's any way we can improve, you know, we're always looking to do so. So, um, but anyway, without further ado, uh, let's get to talking about some Clone Wars.
Alright, so beginning with Season 1, Episode 15, Trespass, this was one um, I was looking forward to more for the watch value rather than uh, what I thought it would kind of uh, present for you, uh, Megan. Um, I, I, I really like this episode. Um, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily have a, a list of ten reasons why. I just really enjoy it. Um, as we'll kind of talk through. It's a really solid episode, a really good um, single-story episode. Uh, I think I would have been happy if it went longer. Um, but, yeah, I was looking forward to just re-watching this um, more for myself than for you. Uh, usually I'm looking forward to what you're going to think about an episode or what you're going to interpret about an episode. Yeah. This one, uh, it was more of oh, this is one of my favorites, I'm just looking forward to it. Um, but I think we ended up having some good conversation. Um, yeah, you especially know. in this first episode. Yeah, so uh, I, think, I think it was a solid one. Uh, the moral of this episode is arrogance diminishes wisdom. Um, oh, boy. It was very true. If you think you've got it all together and you're perfect and wonderful, then you're never really going to grow, um, which is the basis of all wisdom, in my opinion, is just growing as a person. Yeah. Realize that you suck. Well, <laughs> maybe not that. Realize that you kind of suck at a few things. I, well, that's reality. Um, <laughs> you know, I would, I would... Thanks for the feedback. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would say just recognize that not everybody has it together. Um, now, in, in some regards, yes, you have to realize how bad you are at something to then start on a path of how you can become good at something. Mm -hmm. um, that's why it's not always untrue or uh, to say, hey, you're not good at playing guitar. Yeah. Uh, now, don't necessarily walk up to people and tell them what they're not good at, but uh, you know, that takes a certain level of relationship. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we do have to be faced with the fact that we're not good at You know, you don't need people that are going to tell you Oh, as you know, as you're playing terribly, oh, that's good, sweetheart. Bless your heart. You know, you don't. <laughs> you're good. Good you, far. You don't. You don't need that sort of blind positivity of oh, you're doing so wonderful. No, you're not. No. Sometimes people need to get dunked on. Yeah, um, but uh, I think in this case, it's more of a you know, don't think you have it all together. Don't think you're perfect. Yeah. Um, don't assume that you know everything. Yeah, and now. You you can and you should think highly of yourself. You should you should value yourself and think positively. Um, that's not necessarily arrogance. Arrogance comes yeah. when you when you think of yourself uh, as synonymous with perfection or yeah. better than, which is kind of where uh, this episode's moral plays in is the idea of being better than another. Um, you know, it it leads to. A, it leads you to a place where you'll never learn, you'll never grow, you'll never improve. Number one, because you think you're perfect. Um, and you'll no one else will ever be good enough because they're not you. Oh, boy. So Did I get some interesting, I'm not going to say who, but some interesting presidential vibes from this episode at some points? I mean, you could layer it on to, to anything. Yeah. Now, there's a, there's a clear, you know... Um, as we get into the story of the episode, yeah, yeah it's politically affiliated. Um, Definitely. But, you know, 
several things can come to mind. You can think of current administration of whatever side you fall on. You can also think, um, I mean, you know, just coming off of Thanksgiving, it was hard not to think of, you know, pilgrims and Native Americans yeah. in this regard. Yeah, this was like a perfect Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> I wouldn't say perfect, but... It was a it, good Thanksgiving yeah, it, episode. Um, you know, I'd never made that uh, association before, yeah. um, but certainly, you know, certain lines of calling um, talls savages and yeah. such like that, you know, it felt very uh, reminiscent. I, you know, I can't... Yeah. I don't have a Bible that tells me uh, all the details of what they thought of going into each episode, but I mm-hmm. have to assume this might have had some influence from from that history. Dude, when I was when I was a kid, I remember when Pocahontas was popular, mm-hmm. and like seeing a group of white kids on the playground going savages, savages, <laughs> singing the whole song. It was just wow. Um, <laughs> Well, and, you know, it, it's very disgracefully similar to Peter Pan and, um, you know, the songs of that. Uh, oh, boy. They're, they're very of a, of a period that are um, casually insensitive. Yes. You know, I, I don't believe, or I, I, I'll say it this way, I choose not to believe that any of it was intentionally hateful or yeah. harmful. I think it I was you. simply what people thought was acceptable humor or acceptable inspiration at that point mm-hmm. and so you know this this is me trying to layer the positive on it yeah um because especially because both are disney and you know i i can feel some people uh bringing up song of the south is that what it's called yep <laughs> yet again though in, in trying to think positively yeah. of it i i i would hope that it was out of a place i mean it was ignorance. All right. Yeah. Like yes. For Pete's sake. Not. It wasn't necessarily malice. It was ignorance. Now, are both condemnable? Absolutely. But you have to have a little bit of extra grace for the ignorant that you sh- wouldn't normally have for for the yeah. you know the malicious. If if that makes sense. Yeah. And at least you know, they acknowledge this yes. was of its time, and that does not ex- that does not excuse it at all. Right. But to erase it would claiming that it never happened right uh you know and um so yeah so there's there's a lot of air of inspiration behind this episode that as as we just took it um you know can go a certain way and i guess it depends on what you're thinking about what you're feeling what your where your heart is and, and and where your mind is when you watch this episode regardless there's a clear layer of um bigotry and hatred uh, that's present that we can all learn from as being wrong. Yeah. Now, it, it's very clearly presented in the episode in a way that is agreeably wrong. Like, from the moment it begins um, with the chairman in this episode, it's very distasteful. I, not not in the sense of they shouldn't have put in it. I, I mean, his, his character yeah. um, and the way yeah. he treats others is distasteful. So um, Super arrogant. You know, it's easy with that kind of stuff to agree, oh, that's just bad. Um, But arguably, we'd agree, you know, alien-on-alien bigotry is more uh, bad than uh, human-on-human bigotry, if that that makes sense. You know, in in some cases, we're more willing to call bigotry when it's not too close to home, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I feel like that's something to learn from this episode is is be, trying to 
recognize that. Um, and in the case of Senator Chuchi of this episode... Which um, is a very funny name. Yeah. Um, stand against it. Yeah. And choose to set yourself apart from it, even if, um, you know, the people bolstering that bigotry are your people. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, that's eight minutes of rambling. interesting rambling <laughs> dialogue. Um, all from a single moral of an episode. But that's the... That's the beauty of these Clone Wars morals and, and the beginnings of these episodes is they go so deep. They go so beyond what the episode represents. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, these are the beautiful and interesting conversations that can be had um, because of a cartoon, because of a kid's show. Um, yeah. And that's, what, that's what's so special about Star Wars is it goes beyond just what's happening to the characters in the story. And you can find yourself in that, whether it be, you know, this is me or you know, inspiring who you want to be, uh, or who you don't want to be. Um, Star Wars, Star Wars is, is so magical in, in, in that regard. There's something special about it. Um, but on to the episode. Um, the opening narration for the episode is Republic Outpost Overrun. The Jedi have lost all contact with the clone security force stationed on the bleak snow-covered planet of Orto Plutonia. Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker, accompanied by dignitaries from the nearby moon of Pantora, are sent to investigate the disappearance of the clone troopers on the desolate and foreboding landscape. Um, this was... I'll, I'll let you get on with it in a second. I just wanted to mention... Yeah, you will. This was one episode where uh, I particularly appreciated or recognized the sort of wartime announcer voice kind of yeah you know it fits um you know i think sometimes it becomes so part of the episode that i don't really recognize it this this one really caught out and um i just love how much that fits because it it works so much better than an opening crawl Mm -hmm. uh and it fits the idea because when um episode three open you know when in its opening crawl the first word is war you know it feels like that same sort of um, media and and talk uh, and propaganda surrounding you know uh, old wars, World War One and Two and such uh, of that period. You know the yeah. sort of you know hear ye hear ye uh, kind of stuff. But yeah. it, that was just interesting note. Something I just found out that's vaguely Star Wars related. Uh huh. Donnie Yen is in the new uh, live action Mulan. Cool. I think that was rumored for a little while. Yeah, he's that's confirmed. Cool. I, I'm. I wouldn't have been surprised to hear. I, I'm not surprised to hear that. You know, yeah. I, uh, earlier we were talking same. about this, and and I was gonna say I wouldn't be surprised if Jackie Chan and Donnie Yen end up in the film. And they are. Oh, they both, they are? both are. Really. I. Well, let me just say. What if? What if Jackie Chan's the Hun? He's Mushu. Are you serious? Yeah. Aw. Oh, I'm sorry, baby. I know you wanted uh, Eddie Murphy to come back, but. He's got, he's dealing with stuff right now. He's always been dealing with stuff. Yeah. Uh, I just, it's going to be <laughs> such a different character now. But are you not excited to see Donnie Yen and Jackie Chan I'm in I'm always the same excited movie? to see. Well, no, because they're not going to be fighting each other. Just <laughs> the same way I was disappointed with the Monkey King film, uh, where it was like, oh, it's Jet Li and Jackie Chan. And they, they're not, they're just, it's not what I wanted. Um, Poor baby. And now the time has passed because Jackie Chan's time. old and precious, so... Yes, he's always been precious. Yeah, but now he's old, so... <laughs> What's this podcast about? <laughs> exactly. Sorry. Um, okay, 
So, as mentioned, our usual Jedi protagonists are invest are investigating a Republic outpost that they have lost contact with, which seems to happen a lot. Yeah. Their communicators are not great. Mm. They need they need a new satellite system. They need to switch to Verizon. <laughs> Um, if it was just Obi-Wan and Anakin, the whole ordeal might have turned out much different. Uh, the Jedi are joined, however, by Chairman Cho and Senator Chuchi, which is an adorable name, it's precious, of Pantora. Pantera. They make delightful metal music. <laughs> no. Uh, to be clear, these are blue people, not blue cat people. This is not, in fact, a Star Wars and Avatar crossover. Disappointing. Disappointing. Um, they are just blue-skinned, human-like species. Um, the coolest thing about Pantorans is that it is the species of Chairman Papanoida uh, and his family, who were portrayed by George Lucas and his family in Revenge of the Sith. Um, spoiler alert, Papanoida succeeded Chairman Chicho uh, after his satisfying end in this episode. Uh, they also speak with South African accents, and the little yellow markings on their face represent their uh, family affiliations. Hmm. Um, interestingly, there's a Pantoran character that appears later in the show that does not have these to signify that she was um, abandoned from her family. So, it's really interesting. That's a cool um, baby. Yeah, I'd, I'd never known that detail. Uh, so, yeah. So, that's Pantorans, uh, to be clear. Not Pandorans. No. Uh, not Navi. No, they don't hop on the back of the, the banshee and give me motion sickness. They do have, they do ride, uh, well, they don't. The, the talls in this episode ride beasts that are very similar to the jaguar thing. Very true. In that, that's pretty interesting. Hmm. Um, yes, general, er, what's his name again? Chairman Cho. Chairman Cho, that's his name. The notes were not clear. Yes, they were. Um... He was not a pleasant man. Uh, from the moment of their arrival, he is clearly very aggressive and demeaning. He is determined that the attack on the Republic outpost was the result of the Separatists. But Senator Chuchi, precious, precious Chuchi, who will be protected at all costs. Don't tell me any, if anything bad happens to her. I will... I wouldn't tell you anyway. I would kick you in the shin. Uh, she points out that the look of the combat isn't consistent with battle droids. Which doesn't take much to notice, because is there blaster fire on the wall? Did they miss about 5,000 times? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, is there a dead one in the corner that just fell and broke its own neck? I don't know. Um, Obi-Wan, Anakin, and some troops head to a nearby droid base they've detected, and they quickly see that whoever attacked the clones also attacked the droids. They continue tracking and soon find a village of Tals, which is hard to pronounce because I have to, like, make the L sound and the Z sound at the same time. <laughs> After making contact with them, the Jedi realize that the Tals uh, attack was based on fear and not malice. And they promise, they promise the Fuzzy Boys that they only want peace. Yes, peace with the Fuzzy Boys. I want all Fuzzy Boys to have peace. Yes. I want to have peace with this microphone. Gosh, dang, it is so fuzzy. <laughs> um, the Talls are a classic Star Wars species. Uh, if mm -hmm. you've been along for the Clone Wars rewatch from the beginning, you know we've talked about a particular one um, from Legends. 
Uh, their first appearance was with the cantina-dwelling Muftak of A New Hope. Uh, you can read his very long-winded and convoluted story uh, <laughs> in from a certain point of view. It's literally it was getting through that one was very painstaking. Yeah. Um, guess what? It's okay to skip some things. <laughs> you got to read it at least once, though. Yes. Um, got to try it at least once. Uh, the species is vastly different between legends and canon, and I have a hard time kind of deciding which I prefer uh, because they're so starkly different. Mm-hmm. Uh, in canon here, we see they're much more primitive and simple. Um, uh, Orto Plutonia is their home world, and they don't seem to be sentient enough to uh, have acquired their own intergalactic travel, which is kind of... Um, I don't know if it's this way in Star Wars. In Halo, uh, in in their universe, uh, the ability of space travel is the uh, marker of sentience for a lot of species. So they, they, they don't think you're... They think you're nothing more than animals if you can't uh, acquire yeah. self, self-sufficient space travel. I think it's similar in uh, Star Trek too. I guess, can they achieve hyperspace? Is yeah, the way it, yeah they... it, you know, because that's like the epitome of uh, scientific achievement yeah. is exploration. So um, in this case, it doesn't seem they are uh, and that this is their home world. But in Legends, it's not the case. Their home world is the planet Alcos III, uh, and they are widely spread during the time of the Old Republic. Uh, you find them on all sorts of planets in all kinds of places. Um, and there was at least one Force-sensitive Talls that I mentioned earlier from Legends, yeah. Thal Maldama, uh, from the 2003 Clone Wars series. Very sweet, fuzzy boy. He carried Palpatine like a baby. Exactly. Baby um, Palpatine. Can anyone imagine? Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's vastly different. Um, it's also quite curious how during the time of the Clone Wars they seem incapable of intergalactic travel, and yet by the time of the Empire we know of at least two or three Talls that, uh, including Muftek, uh, in canon that were able to yeah. get to another planet. And um, yeah, it's just... It's interesting how it that changed. It could be like, you know, someone said, Hey, you're a big fuzzy boy. You want to hop on my spaceship and we'll glide through the stars on a sunbeam? I mean, it especially... I mean, it is completely possible that through um, Pantoran involvement, some got off-world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but them being so uh, preventive and close-knit, um, you know, it seems like the very rare exception that any would even think of, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna go to some other completely different planet. Yeah. Um, you know, so... Just imagine one Tall's just slamming his bedroom door, like, you don't understand me, I'm yeah. gonna go to another planet. Um, Which I wish I could have when I was a teenager. Just another fun fact, the they have two sets of eyes. One is for daytime, one is for nighttime. That is the funnest fact. Mm-hmm. Wow. So there you go. Can I do that? Uh, if you close one eye at a time, just keep one open all day, one open all night. But then I would be winking, and you'd hate that. I do. I fun don't fact. know why. Yeah, Leader John hates winking. I don't know why. He also hates this song. I do. <laughs> I don't know why. Because I... Do the finger guns. Um, at least, you know, Talls are 
present in a very well done episode. Uh, the Jedi promises, the Jedi's promises of peace fail once Chairman Cho shows up. Thanks, Chairman Cho. Mm -hmm. He demands that the planet and the savages belong to Pantora, and they will not be leaving. This disagreement and hostility give way to war, albeit a brief war. Kind of like what is it, Grenada? Is that what that one was? <laughs> I'm not sure. The one that lasted like a week. Uh, yeah, this lasted about an hour. Yeah. Uh, as the chairman and his guards and the clones attempt to run and return to base, they are ambushed while Rex shows off his awesomeness, as he is like to do. By defending their position, Anakin, Obi-Wan, and the senator contact a Pentoran representative to get permission to go over the chairman's head and handle in handling the Talls. Once they get the approval, they arrive on the scene just as the Talls gain the upper hand. Uh, chairman Cho dies of his injuries, but not before one last really bigoted line that the Talos don't deserve peace. Wow. At least he's consistent. He's gonna build a wall and the Talos are gonna pay for it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thankfully, Chuchi disagrees and manages to go to peace with the Talos, thus ending the conflict in a darn good episode. Yep. Definitely. Darn good cup of coffee. <laughs> um... Yeah, I was I was very I always enjoy when characters like Chairman Cho get their comeuppance. Oh yeah. Um, and this is no different. Um, you know, and it's even more satisfying when mm -hmm. in the end they you know again they're consistent. They just yeah. They still refuse in the face of death to I admit their ignorance uh, and mm -hmm. and whatnot. But yeah, I um it it is rather interesting. How quickly the whole, you know, because several Talls were killed in the conflict, several clone yeah. troopers were killed. It's it's really interesting how, you know, just peace. Uh, yep. <laughs> you, you know, it's it's it's. I mean, it's a cartoon episode. You need a pretty easy forgive and forget conflict. Um, you know, so you know it's easily explainable in that sense. Um, mm -hmm. But from an in-universe kind of. Um, thing it's kind of uh, difficult to see it going quite that smoothly, um, you know, considering how many died in yeah. in a senseless uh, conflict. Um, but I kind of chalk it up to the primitive n nature of the talls, just kind of being very simple of on offense or on defense. Kind of, yeah. you know, they kind gotcha. they kind of have a very s small spectrum of activity. Yeah. But, yeah, but definitely a good episode. What do you think? I thought it was pretty good. I thought that it was believable. <laughs> I yeah. mean, unfortunately, we see characters like Chairman Cho in real life. Very unfortunately. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, you know, and it'd be interesting to kind of know more. We don't really... Um, when it comes to him, you know, Chairman Cho served a purpose for the episode. There's not, there's not much more to him, but it'd be interesting to know how he became so ingrained. Mm -hmm. Um, is it cultural? Are, are other Pantorans, um, of similar nature of that? So, yeah. you know, cause when, from the moment they arrive, you know, Chairman Cho is very much, you know, this is, this is our planet. It's under our jurisdiction and we want to know what's going on and we want you to fix it. Yeah. Uh, you know, throwing their weight around and. You know, before he discovers the Talls, it's just very much of a, 
you know, this is the way it is. This, you know, I, I, I know what I'm talking about. I know what, what this is. It's the separatists. We're gonna, we're gonna go yeah. after them. We need to show them our power. We need to show them how aggressive we are. You know, they, we can't be, uh, just walked over and blah blah blah. Yeah. And then once he discovers it's the Talls, he says, "Yeah, they, they don't have any right to this planet. They don't belong here. This is ours." Yeah. Uh, and and so Which, that that was when it yeah. felt very similar to the the history of Native Americans and whatnot. Yeah. For me. Definitely. Like, we, we did that, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I Our mean, ancestors did that. Uh, yeah, there, there's that unfortunate history that, you know, um, people came in and, uh, labeled, uh, certain people as savages mm -hmm. and deemed them, you know, if you look back on it, you know, um, the, uh, sort of renaissance uh, regard of wow you're intelligent you're you're a great people was the fact that you know you could sail around yeah you were exploring people um, and so but when you look at uh, you know the Native Americans they didn't as far as I I know of history mm -hmm. they didn't have that means they were travelers of, of, of the land but not by sea Mm -hmm. uh, and so it could have been seen very similarly of, you know, no, we're smarter and more intelligent because, you know, we can travel. Uh, you know, we, we clearly would know better what to do with this land and, and yeah. so forth and so on. And it wasn't, it wasn't everyone, of course, you know, yeah. uh, thank goodness in history we can remember that there are those who were fair and gracious. Um, but unfortunately the mass majority was, you know, Terrible. yeah. <laughs> And, and, and so, you know, people just rolled up and said, you know... This land is my land. That land is not my, my land, too. Get <laughs> out of my land. I'm going to steal your fish and corn. Have some smallpox blankets. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, we can we can go down quite the trail of, of that. And, and so, certainly if this episode had been more, mm -hmm. I could see much more of that in inspiration even coming through. Uh, in ways. Um, I think, though, the episode being singular works really well. Um, yeah. If, you know, of all standalone episodes, this one's a really, really great one. And sometimes, because I think they go into writing the Clone Wars in arcs, you know, I don't think they intend to write single episodes at times. You know, they're writing a story and then come up with how many episodes it would take to tell that story. Yeah. So sometimes it can feel like if it's a single episode, it's lesser. You know, it's not going to be as action-packed. Uh, it's not going to be as deep. It's not going to be as impactful. Uh, but this is definitely an episode that goes against that grain, I think, um, and proves that, I mean, it has some merit more than some two-part, three-part ep uh, episode arcs, yeah. in, in my opinion. So I think it's really good, really good. Um, uh, as I mentioned, you know, I think that it's... There's an interesting conflict between the talls of legends and canon, just because they're so different. Um, I do like their portrayal here. Um, I think it fits um, for the overall appearance of the talls. Um, you know, seeing them in this environment and with this aesthetic, uh, I think it fits. It doesn't feel like a stretch. Yeah. Um, but. By that regard, it makes seeing Muftak in A New Hope or seeing other Talls outside of this kind of environment, it makes that uh, feel 
like an exception or feel different. Um, so it, again, I, you know, I'm the nerd that would find it interesting to find out how talls did manage to branch out, uh, how they did in fact manage to get off world and, you know, break their sort of cultural norms. Um, would definitely be interesting. Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, um, I think we could talk quite a lot on that. Let us know, guys, what you thought. Um, did you see any of these sort of layers of inspiration behind this episode that we saw and talked about? Or are we just weird? Um, you know, what, what did you think of it? We always look forward to hearing what you guys think, um, especially on good episodes like this. Uh, where there's a lot of layers to it and whatnot. I think, again, the big thing is just to be, in, in, at the end of the day, be like Chuchi. Be one who stands against bigotry and hate. Uh, be one who seeks peace and makes it last. Don't be one who uh, thinks so highly of yourself that you make others suffer uh, for for their inability to meet your expectations or meet your model of, yeah. of quality. Um, you know, people's quality is inherent. It's not tied up in meeting your expectations. People have quality simply because they are people. Uh, and the more we recognize that, the more uh, inspired we will be to help those um, that are in situations that no person of valuable life should be in. Uh, and again, I'm not saying that it comes with status or anything like that. I'm saying that, you know, I don't think status matters when a person is homeless. I think that no person should be homeless. I don't think that any person should be treated differently because of the color of their skin. And I don't think that that comes from their background or uh, their, the size of their wallet or anything. I think that simply comes because people are people and people deserve to be respected and valued. So respect and value people and be good people mm -hmm. is, is the big thing, I think. Yeah. Kindness is the key. Yes. It's nice to be important, but it's important to be nice. Yes. Alright, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, I am. That's who said that, by the way, Heard. Anyway, let's, uh, let's move on here. Just moving on. We move from an episode with deep inspirations and challenging conversations to an episode that's just fun. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a good pair of episodes. Um, definitely a good story to it, uh, but I would categorize this as filler. Most people tend to skip this. It doesn't necessarily have great implications for the overall story of the Clone Wars and whatnot, but we decided fairly early on that we wouldn't skip uh, anything. We would just we'd watch it all, uh, review it all, talk about it all. Um... And so, you get the filler. Uh, but yep. the great part is that there's not a whole lot of it, and there's not a whole lot that we can't have good conversations about. And I think there's some cool conversations in uh, these couple of episodes, for sure. Um, so, the moral of the first episode, Season 1, Episode 17, Blue Shadow Virus, uh, is fear is a disease and hope is its only cure. Mm. I mean, I think, I think it's very self explanatory, you know. Yeah. Um, now, the, the, the key becomes how you find the hope. 
um, how you find the cure, uh, because sometimes that can be difficult. That's why I think it's important to have people that uh, are around you that come equipped with a lot of hope. Yeah. Um, you know, and not just for fear, but just for most things. Uh, when things begin to get difficult and dark, uh, make sure that when your light grows dim, you have people around you that can help you uh, relight your candle. So, there, there's that. Uh, every moral of the Clone Wars is like a mini Monday motivations, so... There you go. Uh, the opening narration for this episode is Battle Droids on Naboo. As the Separatist Rebellion uh, rages through the galaxy, even peaceful planets are threatened. Following the discovery of Separatist droids wandering the grassy wasteland, Naboo is once again on high alert, fearing their home is facing another invasion. Senator Amidala and Representative Binks race to Naboo to assess the situation. Meanwhile, near the Gungan Swamplands, an even greater threat is about to be discovered. Yeah. Sorry if I sound tired. It's because I'm tired. Yeah. Uh, I just realized. Baby boy's a little sleepy. But that's kind of my constant state lately, so... Yeah. I'm even drinking coffee now, and it's like, it's it's 10 p.m., so, uh, but wow. that's just to keep me functional. So, if I sound <laughs> tired, it's because I am. But okay. But know that I, in my tiredness, I'm still happy to be here yeah. with you and with the microphone Aww. and with the people inside the microphone and happy to be talking about Clone Wars. Hey, so. I'm happy to be here with you and with the people in the microphone. There we go. It's like hanging out with family. Yep. There you go. And I'm very happy that the cat is asleep. Oh, very happy. Very happy. Hey, John, let's talk about the episode. Let's talk about the episode. Okay. Uh, the droids are not very good at keeping a secret. A secret. Who's surprised? Raise your hands. I can't see. <laughs> you're um, a microphone to us. You're a microphone. Jeremy, put your hand down. <laughs> um, they are discovered by Naboo security, and the tactical droid is captured for intel. Padme and Jar Jar arrive to help with investigating what the droids are up to. She meets with Captain Typho, who we saw in most of the prequels. Attack of the Clones. Really? Uh, and very in... briefly in Revenge of the Sith. I think in one scene. It's the scene where the... No, that's in... That's I think it's just a scene when she goes to head off to uh, Mustafar. That was the last time that Typho saw Padme alive. Snap, dog. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Typho is also the nephew of Captain Panaka from episode one. That's who I was thinking of when I saw him. Yeah, yeah, he was not, uh, when I first saw Attack of the Clones, um, I rec I didn't remember Panaka's name, and so when he showed up, and, you know, Captain Typho, I thought he was just recast. Yeah. I didn't think much of it until going back later to see, uh, episode one and realizing different name. Uh, but I didn't realize they were related until uh, later on. So, uh, And if you don't know the history of Captain Panaka, um, Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Good read for that. It's really, really interesting. Kind of tragic. Uh, good stuff. Hmm. Have you read that? I haven't yet. Yeah. Um, I don't want to now. No, I mean, it's fine. I like that. He dies. Thanks, John. You, you're okay with Thanks. it, though. When it happens, you're okay with it. Trust me. Oh my god! If that that's your commercial for reading Princess Leia, uh, Leia Princess of Alderaan, okay. it's a great book also, and also Haldo shows up and is a great great character. So, 
you can't see it, but I'm fangirling. <laughs> so, okay. Not to get off on a tangent every time you mention a character, but, like, Oscar Isaacs has said, you know, in the way that they portray what happens to Leia, it's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. I saw that on Twitter the other day, and I went, great! I can't wait! <laughs> I can't wait! I can't wait for my neck to completely dissolve into my shoulders. Well, that's very different than the... Um thing with Panaka. Mm. Um, with Panaka, it makes sense, uh, but because it's something that happens both in Legends and Canon, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's actually Jeez. really, really interesting seeing someone of Padme's past interacting with Leia. Uh-huh. Um, but nonetheless, again, by the time he's, uh, but by the time he dies, you're They're happy dead. about it. So you're going to suffer, but, but you're, you're going to be, be happy, happy about, about it. it. <laughs> <laughs> the grim. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. Can't wait. Um, no, I, I can wait. Um, so we got Captain Typhus and the Typhoon. new queen. I know. Typhus. <laughs> Where did that come from? It's a disease. Keeping in with the, uh, the illness theme of the show. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and Queen Neonti. Exactly. There are exactly so like it many. Sounds. This this name is a uh, wheel of fortune nightmare. <laughs> there are two sets of E's. <laughs> two e's. sets of two E's. <laughs> two sets of two E's. There's a Y and a U in there. It's a nightmare. Uh, meanwhile, Obi Wan, Anakin, Ahsoka, Rex, and some clones are on their way. Padme and Jar Jar head to investigate after getting some intel from an invest from investigating the captured tactical droid. Uh, which, uh, C-3PO does something useful in this episode. Good yeah, job. Um, I think overall the Clone Wars managed to use him sparingly and well. Um, yeah, we didn't get any sexy C-3PO, which I'm happy about. <laughs> yeah, that we'll was... that gif on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that was odd. Um, that's the beauty of the Clone Wars. The, they, they managed to do something great with some generally not likable characters like... Yeah. 3PO and Jar Jar. And that's not to say that if they are your your favorites that you're wrong for liking them. It's just to say that, you know, I've, I've shared before, I'm not a fan of C-3PO. I find him in most cases annoying, um, yeah. you know, uh, but... I think he's the one Star Wars droid that we don't have any, any, like, he's the one popular Star Wars droid that we don't have any pins of. Maybe. Um... You know, I've I've never um, hated Jar Jar. I'll say, uh, I never was really a fan of him until the Clone Wars. Uh, originally, they do something great with handling his character. At least in most episodes, the last time yeah. we saw Jar Jar, it was a little difficult. Yeah. Here, it seems more on track with his. I'm still Jar Jar, but I'm at least useful. Yeah. Um, the last episode, he was just. He was just Steve Urkel. He was just very... And I do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, whereas here it's it's much more applicable to the story and moving it along. Yeah. Um, and they meet Peppa Bo. Who... Peppy Bo. I wanted to call her Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig. <laughs> Peppy Bo Pig. Um, a female Gungan, which mm-hmm. I've never seen before. 
Uh, I think this was the first uh, prominent appearance, at least. Um, you know, we could argue that there were fem female Gungans in the background of an, uh, uh, the Phantom Menace. Yeah. But this is the first prominent appearance of one, yes. Yeah. Um, Peppy Bo uh, tells them that her shock herd had been poisoned by the water from the river. Uh, the shock or the big flea-looking moose-like creatures that Anakin rides when he's on his date with Padme. Big, flea-looking moose-like they, Their behavior is like a moose. John, paint me a word picture. Uh, their behavior is like a moose, yet their body is shaped like that of a flea, where it's a very tapered head leading to a very bulbous body. Wow. That's a weird-looking thing. Yep. That word picture made me want to rip it in half. <laughs> um... As Padme and Jar Jar investigate further, they are soon captured by battle droids and presented to the villain behind it all, Dr. Nuvo Vindi. Very appropriate doctor? German accent. Yeah. All of the, the bad doctor guys in this freaking show are German. Well, not, not necessarily in this show. In general. In general. In general and culture, um, being German and being affiliated with the science yeah. is is equated to evil. <laughs> Glad I didn't become an engineer. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're only one half evil doctor. Would I have, like, you're, developed... You're evil, unaccredited doctor. <laughs> would I have, like, developed an accent when if I went through I, I think it would be required. <laughs> Hello, I would like to show you my prototype for this <laughs> umbrella. <laughs> I call it the umbrella-nator. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Um... We don't really have a lot of... I'm usually the details guy. Usually Megan runs down to story, and then I come up with the, hey, here's some interesting details and lore and behind-the-scenes tidbits. There's not a whole lot of that for either of these episodes. Um, but there is some interesting things that I found in researching that can be... It was quite the rabbit trail. I spent about 15 minutes. I should have been uh, working on mm -hmm. the continuing on the, the, the uh, podcast. Yeah. By getting sucked into reading about um, a certain character. Oh, yeah. And so, his background. Really cool. Yeah. Um, so to start with, uh, Nuvo Vindi is a Faust uh, whose species homeworld is Adana. Uh, Adana is actually a uh, place in Turkey. Fun fact. Fun fact. Um, his profile isn't very abounding, um, but because he had a rather noticeable German accent, I thought it'd be interesting to check out the details of his species and homeworld. That's how I found out Adana's a turkey place. Uh, I also found out... Thanksgiving. Oh, honey. Not a turkey place. Oh, honey, a place in Turkey. More like Thanksgiving. <laughs> You're so ridiculous. I dead drop if this was a video. Um, turns out that Faust is the name of a hero in an old German legend who sold his soul to the devil for power and fortune. Mm -hmm. And if you continue to look into the legends, it turns out to be based on, very, very loosely, on an actual man, John Faust. Uh, he was regarded as an astronomer, alchemist, and magician. Uh, and the only thing freakier or greater than the man himself were the legends that he inspired. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so if you're a history buff or you're into weird, creepy stories uh, and even plays, mm -hmm. um, then research uh, John Faust, research Faust or Faust book um, <laughs> to be, that's F-A-U-S-T-B-U-C-H, um, Really interesting. Really, really, really interesting stuff. Oh, I hadn't known of it um, until this episode. Uh, as I'm putting 
pieces of this into the script. I, you know, I asked Megan if she's heard of it, and of course she has, because this is right up your alley of yes. stuff. Um, My alley. I, I thought I would have something interesting to be like, hey, here's some cool stuff that you can go read later, but obviously... And immediately shut down with, I know. <laughs> yeah, or, yep. Yeah, my alley is marked with tales of wonder and nightmares, and pretty sure there's a human skull in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, you. You know, we we both uh, enjoy uh, horror I like uh, the stories, um, films, yeah. uh, especially those rooted uh, in legends and folklore. Um, oh yeah. You know, which all have a root in something real, much like John Faust. He was a real man who led a very real uh, and a weird life. Yeah, um, so it's not hard to believe how that Deep would become legendary. So yeah. um, that's stuff we find interesting. If you find that interesting, research it. You won't be disappointed. Yeah. Or you might be like Megan and you already know about it. In mm -hmm. which case, excuse me. You want a weird history thing to look up? Search for. The assassination attempt, or the many assassination attempts of uh, Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> not the band, the person. Yeah. And that's all I will say. I'm not going to give anything away. If you want a good time, read that Wikipedia page. Yeah, we can always give you some interesting reading. <laughs> um, so yeah, so clearly they're, you know, again, I don't have a Bible that tells me all of the details of their thoughts and processes of going in and their inspirations for each episode and character and detail, but... Much like the last episode where there's clearly some influence of inspiration, I think this might have had to do, um, I mean, Faust, German, German accent for an alien, you know, German folklore legend. It, it's kind of too similar to, to not be inspired. Yeah. Um, and, and Nouveau uh, Vindy is quite maniacal and demented as a scientist. Yeah. Uh, and as we all know, magicians are just theatrical scientists. Look at that. Look so, at you, Mr. Man. Yeah. Look at that word. I came slide. up with that on my own. Um, I'm proud of me. I'm proud of you, too. I just high-fived myself. <laughs> far too... Here, let me... There you there go. You go. I, I, I received that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, really, really, really interesting uh, inspirations. Uh, it's interesting to find that it's not necessarily inspired by super sci-fi Star Wars-y stuff, but... Yeah. You know, just folklore in general. Oh boy, there's a lot of folklore in Star Wars. Just wait. Well, yeah, well, and and we're we're planning to do an episode where we kind of talk about Star Wars inspirations, and you know, it goes beyond <clears throat> just the sci-fi, yeah. um, which many people do do know of George Lucas's inspirations for Star Wars. Yeah. But hope you like opera. Really interesting. Really, really interesting. Yeah, but yeah, uh, creepy German demented scientist boy. Uh, the doctor has found a way to resurrect a long-extinct virus called the Blue Shadow Virus. Can I just say? No. That's a stupid name for a waterborne virus. Accurate. It's a Blue Shadow Virus. Wouldn't it be Blue Liquid Virus? And then, then rename it Blue Shadow Virus, which already sounds cooler. Like, you know what I mean? Bluetooth Virus. <laughs> right. Does it have, does it have Bluetooth? <laughs> what was that? I don't know. That was my attempted... German accent. You're very bad at this. Want to see dirty speaks? I would love to. <laughs> you won't. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get two chairs. <laughs> Let me get two trucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. 
I yeah. have been loving the Jean-Claude Van Damme Totino's uh, commercial. Oh my god, they're so funny. How low can you go? I, I love I love Tostitos. Okay, I'm not talking Totinos. about the jo- what? Totinos. I thought it was Tostitos. Wait, you're right, Tostitos. There Sorry. we go. My brain. Um, you know I love the chips. They're superior salsa dipping chips. Yet, Jean Claude Van Damme, you know. I, he needs money, John. Clearly. How else is he gonna pay for his? You know what? I don't judge. Private chats. I don't judge. I judge, but I I keep it internal. Fun fact, my dumb German accent is an impression of someone doing an impression. Yeah, I think most people do. Yeah, my, my, my impression is a, an impression of Craig Ferguson doing a German accent. <laughs> it's drums. Oh. <laughs> um, where was I? <laughs> it's uh, a waterborne killer. Yeah. Um, but Nubo has turned it into an airborne that threatens it to unleash it onto the galaxy. By Naboo. Because that's effective. Um, of course, once Anakin finds out that his wifey is captured, which, in a very, you know, non-conspicuous way, Obi-Wan kind of gives him a look. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a, you know... Sometimes, I I get what they're going for with Anakin's uh, fervor when Padme is in danger and whatnot. Yeah. But at times I do feel it's a bit heavy-handed, where it's like, I get that he would react, yeah. but I feel like you're really going a little, like, I, sometimes he reacts in such a way that, how did no one know? Yeah. Here, John, let me give you a, <clears throat> we're going to do a little thing here. I'm going to pretend to be in a precarious situation as someone giving you news. I want your reaction. Okay, you ready? My reaction. You ready? Okay. Uh... Mr. Wilcox, your wife is trapped in a building that's on fire. Like my actual reaction. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'd, be, I'd be scared and worried, but I would know that there's people far superior and stronger uh, and trained than I, uh, you know, that, that I'd put your, your fate in the hands of. Does that make sense? But we're secretly married, John. I, this, this, I don't know what, I'm not, what? <laughs> I'm not following you. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, his reaction will be what? Yeah. <laughs> um, what? Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm not in a situation, I'm not secretly yeah. married to you, so I, I can't necessarily understand what it would be like to have to manage emotions in that instance, and obviously yeah. Anakin is not meant to be a manager of his emotions. No, he's not even, like, higher up in the store. But he's at least smart, and I would think that he would have a little bit... I'm not saying he wouldn't react, but to ha- react the way he does sometimes, it it's so obvious. It's very, like, <gasps> You know? Now, I mean, yeah, you could take it in the sense of, well, maybe they don't suspect that he's married to her but they do suspect that he obviously has feelings but he's not acting on them or doing yeah. anything yeah i don't know but yeah. nonetheless i i think it, i think sometimes it can be heavy-handed these two episodes particularly it's just a little like real conspicuous yeah anyway. i get you it's like that thing where no one suspects that i'm batman oh hey alfred <laughs> that kind of thing um so 
he and the gang set out to assault the underground lair and rescue them and to stop the mad scientist. Vindy managed to be rather slippery, as all evil scientists tend to do, and leads Anakin and Obi-Wan on, on a chase as Ahsoka and Padme attempt to find a missing bomb, which is being carried around by probably the most adorable droid I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Like, they're, they're so cute. They got the they got the antenna ears up at the top. They got the pot bellies, and they're just <laughs> so precious. My goodness. Um, what are they called? Uh, I just call them rabbit droids. I don't. I think that's kind of the nickname for them. I don't know that that's the uh, official terminology for mm -hmm. them. Google it, fool. <laughs> um, so, the clone bomb squad troopers work to disarm the rest of the bombs. And after some work and creativity, the Doctor is captured and the bombs are disabled, leaving us with a seemingly happy ending. Ding, ding. <laughs> Alright. So, what'd you think? Um, I mean, it was pretty good. It was, um, you know, it's definitely interesting uh, when we get these sort of experimental episodes of we're trying something new to... Uh, advance the war and all this other stuff and it clearly shows that um the dark side is dabbling clearly none of this stuff comes about without uh dooku's hand in it uh and so you know surely he knows about it so it's interesting how they're dabbling into um these these different realms of uh warfare and whatnot um, you know, and, and you have to wonder, is this intended just for separatist use for the Clone Wars? Is, is this meant to go beyond into the Empire, into the future of Palpatine's plans? Uh, you know, uh, so that's kind of what I think of, um, when watching these kinds of episodes, uh, but nonetheless, I think, I think this and its follow-up are, are good episodes. I mean, they're filler, so they're, uh, in the sense that, you know, they don't have great impact, but you can sit and watch them and enjoy them. Yeah. Um, so, answer me anything. What exactly was the Separatists playing in this episode? Good question. I don't know. I did, I never got, I, what? I mean, um, because clear, clearly they wanted to release the Blue Shadow Virus. Mm -hmm. My thing is, being airborne, it seems that it would be far more unmanageable and uncontrollable. Yeah, like, that's going to kill everyone, including your guys. Right. Now, you know, of course they have the droids, so that doesn't affect them, but, you know, to go through the rest of life in a hazmat suit doesn't necessarily seem ideal for the Empire. Can you imagine, like, Palpatine in his big flowy dress? Right. In a hazmat suit. Right. Just like, do it. His hazmat suit even has a cape and everything. <laughs> no his, one his cane is hazmat suited. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know exactly where they intended to go. And I guess we would never know. Um, from Vindy's perspective, it, it seemed that he thought it was going to be unleashed on the whole galaxy and just utter, utter, utter mayhem and chaos. Yes. You know, I don't know that, I'm sure Dooku and Palpatine had their own plan to it. Um, otherwise they wouldn't have hired him to, to begin that kind of work. 
but it, it's really interesting to think about where was this really going. Yeah. Um, it's not really clear. Obviously, it's a great episode in the sense of it's a serious threat. It's a very different threat than we're used to. It's not a big gun, necessarily. It's a virus. It's, it's something uh, different. Uh, and yet, its applications and purposes also deem it a little too dangerous, I would think, for even the Separatists to want to involve themselves with. And yet, here we are. So, yeah, I don't know how they would have strategically used it or how they would have used it in a way that didn't see it going out of control, you know? Because um, that's my biggest thing is how were they going to control it? Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Um, I, I guess, I don't know if it suffers from the idea of, well, we're not, we're not going to fully plan that out because clearly it's not going to happen mm-hmm. or if it's just as simple as Palpatine and Dooku had a very specific plan and they just needed him to create it and then they would do the next thing I don't know I don't know I don't know oh boy but anyway um yeah seemingly happy ending yet uh part two so uh season one episode 18 Mystery of a Thousand Moons, and if you're wondering why we skipped episode 16, if you remember, we're watching Chronological Order. That episode technically happens in the first arc, uh, the Hidden Enemy episode, so there you go. Uh, But episode 18, Mystery of a Thousand Moons. Good title. Um, The moral is, a single chance is a galaxy of hope, Mm -hmm. Uh, and that is very reminiscent of Rogue One and its sentiments, you know. If there's even the slightest chance, let's go for it. You know, if there's the slightest chance we win, if there's the slightest chance we succeed, let's go for it. Yeah. Uh, good good uh, adage for life and, and a good attitude towards things, uh, yeah. for sure. Pretty much encompasses most of Star Wars. Yeah. Like, people are willing to put a lot on the line for just a little bit of hope. I mean, watch Rogue One. It, well, yeah. For freaking exactly. Yeah. So, um... In those instances of, of great darkness and despair, you have to be willing to take even the smallest chance uh, because that's all you have hope in. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it, yeah, that's definitely a lot of Star Wars, um, as in this episode as well. So, uh, the opening narration is, Hard-pressed Jedi and their valiant clone troopers have thwarted an insidious Separatist plot to plant bombs loaded with the deadly Blue Shadow Virus in Key Republic systems. Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker have captured the vile scientist behind the nefarious scheme, Dr. Nuvo Vindi. Now the Jedi plan to transport Vindi to the Republic capital for trial. Yeah, and that worked out so well the last time they tried. Well, funnily enough, he he remained in prison. Um, At one point or another, Orson Krennic was involved in negotiations to have him and Locke Derb released from Republic (laughs) prison. Yeah. Um, but as far as we know, that never came to fruition. Uh, if you read uh, Star Wars Catalyst, uh, a prequel to Rogue One, then you uh, discover a little bit of that there. So it's interesting how the moral of this episode ties closely with the sentiment of Rogue One, and the main villain of this episode also inadvertently ties into Rogue One. Not Rogue One, the film is necessarily, but the the period Yeah. a little bit. So, uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Obviously not intentional because Rogue One came out ten years later. But 
Not ten years, uh, about eight years later. Something like that. Cassian was still, you know, slightly a baby. He's always going to be a baby to me. <laughs> um, when we left off, uh, it all seemed to be going pretty well as Nuva Vindi was in custody and the others were simply clean up on cleanup duty. But Vindi's sweet little baby droid. Yes. Which is called a what? LEP servant droid. I like rabbit droid much better. I like to call them little chubby boys. So his little chubby boy um, is an evil cutie, as we see. He manages to set off one of the bombs in the lab. Delightful. Luckily, there are safety measures that seal the lab. Unluckily, it seals Ahsoka, Padme, Jar Jar, Rex, and a few other clones inside as well. Yay. Mm-hmm. Who didn't see that coming? Yeah. And Anakin isn't very happy about this, as most people probably wouldn't be. But Obi-Wan convinces him to take Bindi into custody, and they will resolve it to find a cure and save others. Uh, Captain Typhus. Typho. Captain Typho. Tells, tells the Jedi that the cure is obtainable through the use of the Risca root found on the planet Iago. Uh, it, it's really interesting how a cure came out of nowhere. Seemingly, it was incurable. Yeah, like um, they talked about that in the last episode. My headcanon is that it's only curable because it is now airborne, and since it has different properties now as an element, uh-huh. it somehow makes it susceptible to cure. Also, how did how did how did Typhus know about that? Uh, well, they probably just researched the Blue Shadow Virus. Now you got to figure. Blue Shadow Vise was around about a few thousand years prior to this. Uh-huh. Technology is a little bit more advanced, more extensive, so perhaps, yes. I mean, yeah. now it it's reasonable to know, okay, there's a potential cure. And like I said, my headcanon is that it's more curable because it's airborne now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm that's just my brain trying to work in a way that makes it make sense that there would all of a sudden be a cure. Yeah. Isn't Iago the name of, um... We're getting there. Okay, sorry. Wait, are, are you, ta- you going to talk about the thing? Which thing? Star Wars thing? No. Iago. I was talking about, uh, Jafar's friend. The parrot? Yeah. That's his name, Iago. Is it? I think so. I don't know. I'm, I'm not pretty a fan sure. of that film, so... Really? I, you I don't, don't really, like Aladdin? Not really. We already talked about this when we talked about Robin Williams on a rabbit trail in one of these episodes. I'm not, not, not a fan of the film. Wow, he ain't never had a friend like me. So I did like Prince of Thieves, but kind of a different plot and, and story. So wow. interesting. Your mind is a box of cats. I want to cuddle low <laughs> and learn why they're so weird. Um, Anakin and Obi Wan quickly head to the planet Iago. And find Jabo, which sounds like one of my cousins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I come from a very backwoods family. Yeah, we's from Kentucky. Um, Jabo tells them about how to find the root, and apparently has teeth. The plant has teeth, not. Jabo probably also has teeth. He, but he did have teeth. He, yes. he had teeth, <laughs> but the plant has teeth. Meanwhile, Ahsoka, Padme, and the others are all attempting to destroy the remaining droids in the lab before they can escape and let out the virus. Um, Padme and Jar Jar were originally safe from the virus due to their suits, but in a scuffle and thanks to Jar Jar, 
which I feel like we're going to say a lot during the Clone Wars, yeah. thanks to Jar Jar, <laughs> they are exposed along with Ahsoka and the clones. Yep. Um, you know, as mentioned, we, we, uh, we aren't necessarily, we aren't Jar Jar haters. Uh, no. You're not, not, you're not going to get that out of us. Uh, and certainly the way the Clone Wars deals with the character, uh, has a great deal to do with that. But at the time, at, at times we have to recognize that Jar Jar is a klutz. Uh, he is a clumsy character. Uh, we just prefer his clumsiness be useful. Um, in this instance, it's not overdone. Uh, and it fits. He's actually trying to help in the in the moment when that that happens. So, uh, but of course it was going to happen eventually because more danger. But back to Diego, um, it gets interesting when Anakin and Obi Wan find the difficulty in getting the Risca root is the fact that it's the root of a living plant, yeah. um, and it seems almost. Straight out of Little Shop of Horrors, the pair uh, is given brief difficulty by the plant, uh, but managed to get the root and escape. I'm singing it in my head. I'm not singing it out loud because we're gonna get copyrighted. Singing what? Little Shop, Little Shop of Horrors. I haven't seen that movie. Um, You're going too soon. But uh, they can't escape, escape because of a series <laughs> of lasers set up along the asteroids and moons surrounding the planets. Hence the title, Iego, the Planet of a Thousand Moons, or the title of the episode, Mystery of the Thousand Moons. That's what it means. They're not all moons, though. It's a technicality. But Mystery Moon Boy. Uh, That's no over. moon. Um, the laser net was put in place during the Separatist occupation of the planet and prevents escape uh, and was the end to many pilots, including Taquito, uh, <laughs> a, a Rodian pilot. He's delicious. Um, the inhabitants of Iego even begin to think that it's some supernatural entity named Drawl. Drawl is just Lord backwards, which is interesting since we meet a species known as the Angels. I didn't get that. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, if you remember, Iego was first mentioned by Anakin after his line uh, that won over Padme's heart. Not really, but, you know. It certainly made a dent. I gotta give him credit. That was bold. John, um, are you an angel? Nope. An uh, angel. What? The pilots from Oh my gosh, Tell me about them. <laughs> uh, yes, deep space pilots talked about angels on the moons of Iego. And it turns out that they are real. They're a real species. Uh, in a sense. They're um, pretty. In legends, were, their species was actually called... Uh, oh my gosh. I had it on, on the tip of my tongue. I want to say it was... Diathens... Uh, yes, it, and they were just nicknamed uh, angels, but here it appears that angels are what they're known as. Uh, we don't really know that this is really all we get yeah. of them. Can I um, just say, in the notes, the L, the I of Iego isn't capitalized, so it just looks like the moons of Lego. Yeah, that's why <laughs> the first time I put the, uh, the enunciation... Thank you. To emphasize, this is not Lego. <laughs> the um, moons of Lego. We can talk about Lego on an episode one day, but oh, th- not this one. Um, so, funnily, uh, the angel is voiced by Catherine Tabor, who also voices Padme. Uh-huh. She is an angel. Yeah. She is an At least angel. Catherine is. Um, so, yeah. So, mm. other than that, the only other interesting note is that Jabo is voiced by David Kaufman, who He's also voices <laughs> Danny Fenton of Danny Phantom. Gotta catch a monk. Really good Nickelodeon show back in the day. Fantastic Nickelodeon show. 
created by Butch Hartman. Who is now retired, I guess. Really? Yeah, he doesn't make shows anymore. Oh, well, hmm. He's actually good friends with, um, Family Guy, Guy, Seth MacFarlane. Uh, and actually, uh, Dr. Hartman on Family Guy is named after Butch Hartman. Nice. His good friend. So. Nice. Just full of, we're just full of knowledge, guys. We're just animation nerds, Useless. Right? <laughs> anyway. Um, J-Bo is a big help to Anakin and Obi-Wan's escape. J-Bo, I just can't get over how backwoods <laughs> that freaking name is. J-Bo, because of no Tybo. It's not as, uh, bad as, what is it, Sunny Jim? Sonny Jim! Good lord. Sonny Jim, Janie E, is and Is that Dougie. his actual name? That's or? his actual oh name, baby. Oh my gosh. We've been watching Twin Peaks The Return. Sonny Jim, what the heck? How are you enjoying Dougie so far? Goodness. Oh, I'm so annoyed. I just, want, <laughs> I just I want Dale Cooper to work again. Baby, I hate to tell you this, but he's not coming back for a while. Oh my gosh, pain. Just All the pain. enjoy Dougie. Like, I have to. <laughs> I love Dougie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, like... We're gonna have to get on this during a Twin Peaks podcast, but this is this is Clone Wars, baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Anyway, all right, actually, though, um, <laughs> Jabo has a small servant army of droids left over from the Separatists. This kid is real smart. SMRT. Um, this yeah, includes it's... Vulture droids, the flying ones. Uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan use the droids to take down the main laser dish of the droll net. After it is destroyed and the rest go down in a chain reaction and the Jedi can escape safely. That was easy. Yeah, um, kind of seemed like Anakin had it under control the first time and could have easily flown out of it. Yeah. But, you know... It was very convenient. We needed padding for the episode, I guess. Yeah. Well, to be to be fair, it would have been unfair of them to escape and leave that so that no one else could escape. But they also could have been like, hey, we will come back. Now that we know what's wrong, we're going to come back. But, I don't know, overthinking, nonetheless. Um, so, they return and get the cure to Ahsoka and Padme. The clones are not mentioned. And the day is saved. Well, Rex. Rex. We see Rex. Rex is there. Of course. Of course, because Rex is important. The others, assumedly, survived. Or not. Who knows? I don't know. I don't think they value clones that much. Except for Rex. Clearly. He's the main character. This sounds like a plot device. Um. Yeah. The day is saved, and the episode ends with some totally inconspicuous lines and hand touches between Anakin and Padme. Also, there is a there is a part where Padme totally is about to tell Anakin that she loves him in front of Obi Wan. Yeah, know. well, because she thought she was dying, um, and I you know, to, touch to go back, it could be you know assumed that there is a relationship. There, there is. I won't say a relationship. There, there's. They care for each other. Care and passion there. Um, to the outside, knowing Anakin's uh, commitment to the Jedi and whatnot, it can just be assumed that there's a danger of attachment, but that there's nothing actually happening. Um, but, mm -hmm. that, I mean, that is assuming a lot. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, it could, you know, it could be taken in the regard of her saying, if she had said that, 
obviously she wouldn't because that'd be too on the nose. But, um, you know, I can imagine Obi-Wan in that instance simply being like, well, I get it, she's dying, she cares about him, and she wants him to know. Yeah. But, you know, of course, she does... She does survive, and had she survived after revealing her love for Anakin, it would have then been... The Jedi really would have been watching more carefully because, oh dang, now he knows <laughs> she loves him. You know, what was a, a an attachment issue is now a, a, we got to control him, we got to keep him from yeah. jumping on this. But, uh, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Poor choice of words. Um, you know, so there's a lot of ways... But it takes a lot of assuming and a lot of uh, applied ignorance, you know, in the sense of we have yeah. to assume they're really just, it's just really going over their head. Yeah. Um, it's like, I, my headcanon is Obi-Wan suspects, but he doesn't say anything because, you know, he's got, he's got, he's got a little Mandalorian boo somewhere. No, like... Well, they're not active. They're not. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> but, like, you know, he has attachment. Um, there's always an interesting layer, which we'll have more conversations of when we actually get to those episodes mm -hmm. in the next season. I'm not supposed to know about that yet. Well, internet, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I'm not supposed to know about a lot of things that I already know about, unfortunately. But it it's... You know, again, I, I want to save more conversations for that when we actually get there. Mm -hmm. What I will say is it's actually rather tragic that the one person that could have understood Anakin's struggle the most uh, was pushed away the most yeah. from his struggle. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I believe, you know, clearly by the time of Revenge of the Sith, we, we know Obi-Wan more knows. clearly yeah. uh, knows, but... Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's suspicion. Okay, like... You know, of course. Let me paint you a word picture. Oh my goodness. There's a senator who only, who doesn't date anyone, who just seems to be hanging out with the uh, Jedi quite a bit. One day, boom, pregnant by Hayden Christensen's eyes, I guess. <laughs> like, you don't you don't get pregnant for meaningful looks across well, the ballroom. Well, in... <laughs> You know, during her time of pregnancy, she was very private mm -hmm. after discovering that, especially during the term when she would show and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why uh, they were going. she was going to retreat to Naboo and take some time off and yeah. really stay away from, the, you know. How uh, many people do you think knew? About, about her pregnancy? Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I'm sure her close staff knew... Um, <laughs> well, uh, if nothing else, just from visible uh, signs of it. Yeah. Um, you so pregnant. But, you know, and, and there's uh, there's ways it probably could have been suspected otherwise. You know, if she drank space wine and all of a sudden stopped, then, oh. you know. I mean, unless <laughs> Star Wars babies aren't affected by that, but... Um, the whiskey is strong with this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, you know, that was the difficulty of that whole thing. And that's why, you know, one of my favorite scenes of Hayden Christensen's acting is when Padme tells him, I'm pregnant. Yeah. He, the the array of emotions of oh boy. joy and concern yeah. that go over are so well communicated. And that's exactly accurate because he's thinking, 
how in the heck are we going to explain this? How are how are we going to continue to keep the secret? But at the same time, he wants to be happy about it because he loves her and, you know, wants that family. Yeah. So, you know, that's some of the best Hayden Christensen acting there, in my opinion. Who do you think gave him the baby talk? Hmm? Who do you think gave him the uh, birds and the bees talk? Because he was, I'm not going to say abducted, even though that was on the tip of my tongue. He was taken away at a very young age. So do you think it was his mom or do you think it was Obi-Wan? Well, if we know anything from experience uh, and just the way the world works... Um, kids talk, kids learn in ways mm-hmm. sometimes they shouldn't learn, um, but... I'm just, like, imagining Obi-Wan sitting down with them with, like, flashcards. I just imagine that they probably have classes for it in, in the temple. Because you got to figure, if you're getting these kids in from a young age, they can't just learn Jedi stuff. They have to learn arithmetic. They mm-hmm. have to learn um, the most basic of things. Oh, gosh. You know, they come, in, they come in as toddlers, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, or in Ahsoka's case, she came in as a baby. Yeah. Um, so they have to learn more than just the mysticies of the Jedi. So I'm imagining... <laughs> the mysticies of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, a, a health and science class, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, I have to imagine that the Jedi teach an array of things. Um, more than likely they have droids teaching those classes. Um, Do you they know. have hollows? Huh, what do you... No. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure they have have uh, representations of certain things because uh, they clearly don't have textbooks um, that's ancient uh, studying someone asks the librarian and she's like it doesn't exist <laughs> um, but yeah I mean you know I, I'd always I didn't necessarily have the thoughts in that regard but I'd always thought about how how do younglings get their other education and that's always been my headcanon street smarts is that well, you got to figure, he did grow up on a backwater planet, so there was probably a lot less regard for what kids did and didn't know, so he probably yeah. learned some things. Um, <laughs> he learned how to get a money clip with a $50 bill in it, and when someone comes up to mug him, he throw it in the gutter and like, go get it! Street <laughs> um, smarts! He, you know, he clearly listens in on deep space pilot talk, so... Hey! Um, pilot talk. I'm not really sure how we got onto this. <laughs> I I asked a funny question and didn't expect an in-depth answer. Well, that's <laughs> that's how most of our conversations start. Yeah, that's the problem with me is I take I take questions and inquiries, especially about uh, yeah. Star Wars, very serious. Where do space babies come from, John? Space mommy. <laughs> you. Um. Anyway, um. Good episode. The I think. Is awake. Um. Good yeah. episode. Uh. Good pair of episodes. Yeah. certainly felt a padding um, to these. It felt like it could have easily been a single episode. Yeah. Um, but for the sake of pace, I am glad that it was extended a little bit. Um, but overall, for filler, it's decent. Um, yeah. You know, it, it it's good watching. Now, you know, certainly you could skip it and not miss much, um, especially if you're going to listen to us talk about it. Um, then you don't necessarily have to spend yeah. an hour watching it. It's one of those episodes, like, it really doesn't make any difference in the big plot. Yeah, and that's why, you know, but then, you know, the big reason why we had the conversation of skip or no skips, fillers or no fillers, is because then we would have had to clearly define filler, and in some cases it's really difficult because there's maybe one line or one appearance in an episode that keeps it from being completely filler. Mm-hmm. So... 
that's the difficult thing. Regardless, um, I think even with filler and whatnot, there's room for good conversation, as, I mean, clearly we've proven. But I also Space think babies. with these episodes, there's a lot of interesting factors. You know, the, uh, the inspirations of a mad scientist character. I think that's really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, the uh, appearance of angels and Iago. Uh, it's, it's really interesting to see those kinds of things that we hear mentioned realized, kind of like with the Gundark line of episode two as well. Yeah. So um, overall... You know, these are these are the kinds of episodes that you can mine for conversation and mine for uh, interesting notes and lore and uh, yeah. trivia. Um, it's a diamond in the rough, shiny piece of gold. Trying to reach my gold, my toes. Let me keep it. <laughs> Sorry. What? What even is that? Hamilton. Oh, okay. Yeah, of course it was. Guess who tweeted the Hamilton reference earlier today? <laughs> was that what that was? Yep. Oh. I imagine that's so much it feels more like a memory. Uh, that is actually inaccurately quoted to Hamilton. It actually shows up quite earlier than Hamilton did. Um, he did likely say it, but it's, it's, uh, not actually his line. I was talking about the musical. No, I know, but people, yeah. people, uh, you know, certain friends of ours love yes. to point out that that's Hamilton and love to use yeah. that. Uh, it, but... yeah. Um, there's a couple of lines uh, from Hamilton that are not accurately uh, accredited. There's a My Brother, My Brother and Me reference in Hamilton. There is. Unless. A very, very <laughs> obscure, deep one that oh boy. you'd completely miss. Well, it's nothing big, yeah. but it's just, I never would have got that. Yeah. Um, I never would have been like, oh, that makes me think of that one thing. Yeah, because you, you don't troll through. The Mabim Bam content like I do. Oh yeah, well, I guess I guess if that's all you consume, it is basically pasta and Mabim Bam is my diet. So, um, and full peeled bananas, <laughs> bananas and peanut butter. Um, mm. But hopefully, if you did watch these along with us, you enjoyed them as well. And if you were kind of on the fence of, ah, oh, dang, these are filler. Hopefully, excuse me. <laughs> Hopefully some of the things that we talked about... I get excited when I talk about Star Wars. Uh, no. Hopefully some of what we talked about helped add some flavor and some quality to it uh, yeah. that wasn't originally there. Get that mm, good content. By the way, if I uh, incorrectly um, corrected a, the Hamilton reference there, uh, feel free to let me know. But be nice about it. You know, um, John, it would have been a lot easier for Anakin if someone had taught him how to say goodbye. Is that another Hamilton reference? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if it's not that, I do know there, there's a certain famous An Alexander Hamilton line that's not actually his. But he mm. gets the credit for saying it. Sometimes something's not famous until a famous person says it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, that's kind of yeah. the lesson there. Hey, there's another great lesson in Hamilton. Let me tell you what I wish I'd known when I was young and dreamed of glory. You have no control who lives, who dies, who tells your story. That sounds like an Obi-Wan line. Uh, there's a really great pin on Pinterest that I have, which, by the way, you can follow me on Pinterest. I have about several 1,400 pins of Star Wars with 26 folders. Uh, if you want to ever check that out, I get bored and find cool stuff on there. There's one really cool one um, that has that uh, in reference to Anakin, but yeah, 
Yeah, be careful the story you, you write with your life because you never know who's going to tell the story. Yep. Um, and every author and every narrator has their own opinions about the story they tell. So yeah, just because you intend something with your life and your story doesn't mean that's going to translate depending on who tells it. Um, that's just a lesson of being careful with the way you live your life. So yep. history the, has its eyes on you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, these are the kinds of interesting conversations that you get when you uh, listen to our uh, fun little episodes, especially the Clone Wars. It gives us so much cool stuff to talk about. Yes. We go from interesting uh, political and historical uh, deep conversations of the first episode onto interesting rabbit trails and trivia uh, of the second and third episode, but nonetheless interesting things. So hopefully we have added to your view of these Clone Wars episodes, to your watching of these episodes. Maybe if you didn't watch these, maybe now you'll go watch them and see them a little differently because of it. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of our hope with the Clone Wars rewatch. Um, obviously, a big part of it is to introduce Megan completely to Clone Wars. Um, but uh, we also want to add something to your uh, watching of the Clone Wars. And, and so hopefully our show did that today. Hopefully it does that every day. Um, be sure to hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. Let us know what you thought of these episodes. Uh, what your favorite was, what your interpretations were, um, or, you know, um, let us know some interesting trivia you might have uh, picked up from these episodes or what you find most interesting. Regardless, whatever opinions you have, uh, we'd love to hear from you, love to check it out. Um, like I said, we're on Facebook and Twitter. We're more active uh, on Twitter, um, but we are on both. Um, we also have a Patreon. Uh, if you are a regular listener and would like to find a way to um, participate in helping make the show happen, uh, luckily Patreon makes that fairly easy. Uh, you can, for just a dollar a month or five dollars, depending on what you decide in your heart to give, um, you can help make each episode uh, happen. You can help the quality increase and you can help the, the content increase as well. So um, if you like what we do and would like to see it continue and like to see it grow, uh, then head over to Patreon, check it, check out uh, our tiers of support, and get along with that. Next week, we're going to be releasing our um, Patreon-exclusive show, and so if you'd like access to that, it takes only a dollar a month. We basically do an additional episode um, called uh, 10 Things We Love About. It's a new series. We did uh, a public episode last month um, on the 2003 Clone War series. Um, this month's is about the Phantom Menace, uh, and from there we'll be going in uh, chronological film order. So next month, December, we'll be talking about Attack of the Clones, then uh, Revenge of the Sith, then Rogue One, then A New Hope, then Empire Strikes Back. Uh, oh, and Solo, uh, of course. So, you catch my drift. We're going yeah. in chronological order. We're talking about ten things we love about it. Uh, it's just another way to get um, Nerd Herder content. Um, and also we do uh, various uh, reviews on there and other uh, content. Uh, we're also going to be doing streams eventually, uh, gaming streams and fun stuff like that. So and You want to see me be real bad at Battlefront? Yeah, that's going to be a thing. You want to see me be real bad at Battlefront? So we're working to um, set up a way to stream, and, and that'll be something we do is we'll have times where we just put on a game and play uh, and have yeah. fun and... Uh, it's also a great way for us to be able to chat with some of you guys, but only if you uh, join us on Patreon. Again, just a dollar a month. Little can go a long way. We would appreciate your support. 
Uh, other than that, um, tomorrow, Sunday, be on the lookout. Our rescheduled main show, what would have come out on Wednesday, will be coming out. Um, we're talking about droids, all about droidography, some interesting details we found from the book, and also just some things we uh, think of certain droids, some of their history, all that other stuff. So if you like droids, if you like some droids, uh, if you like all droids, um, surely there's something for you in that episode. Um, and maybe you don't like droids. Maybe tune in to find uh, find someone in something you do like about droids. Either like way, droids. tune in. It's going to be a fun conversation. Tune in, eat a tuna sandwich. Don't eat tuna sandwiches. Eat a tuna sandwich. Tuna's no good unless it's sushi. Listen, you get some canned tuna, Ugh. drain the water, uh, uh, lemon juice, olive uh, uh, oil. Uh, uh, it's delicious, no. okay? No mayonnaise. Um, mayonnaise is gross. Next week, we will be back on schedule with our Monday, Win Monday Wednesday, Friday releases. Um, Wednesday's a great one we're looking forward to. It's part two of our Women of the Galaxy episodes. Um, and this time we're focusing on the villains. Uh, if you want, you can check out our part one um, from a couple weeks ago about the heroes. Um, next week is the villains. And if you uh, want to see more, we will likely have more down the road. Um, certainly there's many more women and many more stories and many more conversations that we could have. So if you'd like that, let us know. If there's certain things you'd like us to talk about on the show, let us know that as well. Yeah. Uh, again, our ears are always open and attuned to hearing your opinions. Doesn't necessarily mean we're always going to do those things, but we certainly would like to hear them nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, it's late. Um, it's bedtime. At least today when we're recording this. So, hopefully you've enjoyed this uh, whenever it is that you're hearing it uh, at your own leisure and whatnot. Um, I've been your herd leader, John Wayne. And I have been your herd mom, Megan. And now, as always, stay scruffy, and may the Force be with you. Bye!